when you are going for something that is so monumental that it means everything to you, you have to be willing to pay everything for that. How do I establish consistency with my workouts, with my meals, with hitting my macros? You know, it's beginning with the discipline of just being able to write it down on your calendar. If you don't have it in front of you, if your workouts aren't scheduled every single week, if your you know meals aren't planned out, if your food isn't prepped, that has to be that starting point. If you're going to have that intensity and that discipline, it's, it's gotta be on the schedule and it's gotta be one of like your non-negotiables. It's no, I'm hitting my workout no matter what, because guess what? Once it's on your schedule, it's going to force you to create that time for it. If you can't see it in front of you, it will not happen. It, the yeah. likelihood of it just drops immensely. Hey everybody, welcome to the Mind Muscle Connection. I'm Joe Klimczewski with Tyler Weeb. We're going to talk about a topic that I think has a little bit of controversy behind it. We can't seem to stay away from it uh, in different different fashions. Tyler, you brought this topic up, so I'm going to let you kind of intro why you think it's so important. But intensity, discipline, that just undeniable passion to say, I'm going all in on something. And, and not just the kind of mental toughness or discipline that's like, yeah, I have to go study for that biology exam. But I mean, I'm going to sink my life on this. I'm going to um, I'm going to do anything it takes. So good, bad. What do we do with that? I think it depends on the person and, and what they're devoting their whole life to and, you know, whether it's going to be worth it to them in the end or not. And I think you know, that's a, a big decision that one has to make, like when they're embarking on, you know, on making that decision, you know, I'm always kind of fascinated by uh, lately, like just, you know, elite athletes and, and their mindset and their discipline and, you know, just how do they get to, you know, X level when, you know, there's whatever, you know, this many people still within that industry, within that sport, but yet they are still number one, you know, you have the elite of the elite, and then you still have, you know, the elite above that. And, and so, you know, really just kind of diving into, you know, that mindset and, you know, what does that take to, to get you to there? And, you know, you listen to these interviews and you listen to these people talk and, you know, the, the one thing, the, the reoccurring theme is always, always, they're the ones showing up day in, day out, no matter how they feel. And they're still doing what they need to get done to either, you know, A, reach that greatness or B, once they're there, to keep it there. And that's, you know, how do we you know, maybe not to, to that end, you know, we're not all going to be elite athletes, but what can we borrow, you know, from that type of mindset that we can apply to our own lives? That's, you know, what kind of fascinates me in this arena. I think most people tackle this topic with, with a little bit of kind of both hands and they, they want to be quote balanced. And I think there's just a lot of weakness in that, in that, when you do look at somebody who goes all in, as you said, uh, first of all, it reminds me of the last dance documentary with Michael Jordan. Um, if you haven't seen that, I don't care who you are, what you do. It's well worth watching. Uh, it does show somebody who was not just 
at the top of his game, but literally almost reinventing the sport. And it's, it was, it was profoundly inspirational in that regard in that I just couldn't stop watching it. I watched it all in one sitting, but it also left me profoundly sad because I think you can take it to such an extreme that it does destroy you. It destroys other people around you. And you can still have that intensity. You can still achieve those kinds of things. And it's not that you're, you're, you're keeping score of your balance in terms of a daily metric. Like, oh, I have my work time. I have my family time. I have this. That's where I think people trip up because there are sometimes you do have to devote more time to one thing. There are sometimes you, you can take a break and unplug. But when you are going for something that is so monumental that it means everything to you, you have to be willing to pay everything for that. So I, I want to first j- just throw out one principle, which is single-mindedness. And again, it doesn't mean I'm single-minded 24 hours of the day, but it means it is the only thing that matters to me right now. I'm not going to have this that I block schedule for two hours on Friday, and I'm not going to do this, and I'm not going to make sure I take my evenings off. And I'm, you know, it's this I'm getting this one thing done, and then I can set it aside. And that's where I think somebody in a Michael Jordan situation, you know, you have to look at that even as seasonally. But, but just in terms of, of single-mindedness, you only have enough resources and bandwidth mentally, time-wise, and, and that's the, the, the cost I think you have to count. Yeah, because we, you know, we have talked a lot about, you know, having balance, you know, mindset, you know, things like that, you know, a lot over in these podcasts. But yeah, I, I, you know, if you are going to go down this route, you know, you have to understand that you are going to be sacrificing some type of balance. It just, it's going to come with that territory. And, you, you know, that's something that I think is very, you know, it's, it can be very individualistic. Like we have to be able to kind of really understand ourselves of like, if I make this sacrifice, yeah, it does the, does the benefit come, you know, okay. Am I okay with the cost with the, the sacrifice of that balance? You know, is that ultimately, you know, what I want to do ultimately what's going to make me happy? Because if that is the case, well, you know, that sacrifice probably becomes a little bit easier, right? Because you do realize, hey, you know what, like, I'm sacrificing this for amount of time, I will most likely be able to come back to it. But I know that this is going to pay off for myself in the future, as long as you know, I complete the task. I'll give you an example, you could ask me about any movie, any sitcom or any album from the 1990s, I couldn't tell you a thing about it. I totally missed a decade because I did a bachelor's, a master's, a doctorate, uh, joined a company, rose to the management team, left town, started my own business, my own career, and and started a family. I mean, yeah. that, that was the 90s. <laughs> yeah, that'll cost a piss up on a decade. <laughs> and, and during that time, you know, to go to school, for example, when I was at the IU Medical School in, in Indianapolis, working three, four, five jobs at a time, at one point in undergrad, I was working two full-time jobs and going to school full-time. And so again, sacrifice. Yeah. I did whatever it took. Nothing was going to stop me. I have not worked that hard since. I now, you know, after rearing four children, there's no way I could, but that was my time to plow that field. 
gain that ring. And then it afforded me the opportunities to do other things with varying levels of discipline. So if you look at my life, if you look at the seasons of time that I was devoting more to parenting, there, there was a time when my kids were younger where I would intentionally say no to travel and speaking opportunities. I, I, I reined back very intentionally because I wanted all of that intensity and discipline focused on my family. So again, it really depends on how you measure your time in terms of metrics, but I, I do think it has to be incredibly single-minded. Yeah, it, it's how, yeah, how do you measure your time? How do you measure your happiness? You know, what, you know, we've got one shot at this. And so what is it that you want to spend your time doing? And I think, and I mean, I know myself included, we can easily get caught up, you know, is this the right, is this the wrong way? Is this the right way? You know, which, what should I do? And unfortunately, we can't quite tell the future yet in our evolution. And so, you know, we do have to take those chances and we do have to be okay, I think, putting ourselves out there to learn, right? You know, I think we get so afraid of, of trying to do something because, you know, we're, we're afraid we're going to fail or, or this or that. But then we're always left wondering, well, what if, what if? And, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with chasing after that what if, giving it a go and then realizing, hey, guess what? This wasn't for me. That's a hard thing to reconcile your, your yourself with and not feel like a failure and that you weren't able to, able to accomplish it. But, you know, I think you could argue that that's someone who understands truly maybe what they want in life and, and what they're willing to give up and what they're not willing to give up. And I think you're going to find yourself uh, an overall more happier and less stressful person once you're able to figure that out. The hard thing is, is, it's a hard thing to figure out. <laughs> you do have uh, to take some chances. And, and that's why I said the, the Michael Jordan documentary left me profoundly sad. Not everybody should do what we're describing. You know, maybe for you, that level of intensity is finishing one course. Maybe that level of intensity is losing 20 pounds. Yeah. You know, it doesn't have to be conquering the world or redefining an entire industry. And that's okay too. I mean, you know, we, we have to be able to backtrack and unplug I'm incredibly good at when I'm done with work, I'm done with work. Like you, 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 my cell phone is down. It's not with me 24 seven laptops closed. I'm out. And, and that, again, that's, I'm giving intensity to something else at that point, but I want to revisit for my next two points after single-mindedness, something we've talked about, which is how, how to use extrinsic motivation to build intrinsic motivation. And so if you're going to be very, very determined and, and create this self-discipline, you should, you should have a, a sequential external goal process. And it's hard not to talk about David Goggins in a thing like this. So he wanted to become a Navy SEAL. Well, what did he have to do first? He had to lose 100 pounds. And then he had to you know, pass a PT test, run, run a certain amount of time, do a certain amount of sit-ups, push-ups, et cetera. So it's one, one rung at a time, just one goal, one goal, one goal, one goal. And what has that done to him after 15 or 20 years? He is intrinsically an entirely different person, but you can't build that intrinsic motivation. You can't craft over a, you know, a, a, an iron, you know, mill, 
uh, a, a steel will without having those external tools that keep you along. Some of that's accountability. Some of that's, you know, maybe a support group. Some of it's, it's finding the right avenue, whatever it takes externally, knowing that just like a muscle you're training, you, you have to build that one step at a time. Yeah. And didn't, I mean, didn't he, fa- I think he failed hell week, like three times uh, he was doing it on like shin splints. I mean, pretty wild, like what he put himself through physically and, you know, in, internally, but again, you know, it just kind of comes back to the, it, it doesn't matter how many times you failed because you're going to keep getting back up and, and continuing to work towards, you know, whatever that goal is, you know, it's, kind of thinking about this the other day, just in terms of, yeah, like you said, you know, bringing that intensity to losing 20 pounds and and things like that. And it's, you know, if you can't see yourself still working towards, you know, some kind of goal a year from now, you know, what makes you think that you're going to accomplish that in 12, 15, 20 weeks, if you can't picture yourself still doing the same thing might be a different goal. Maybe you're onto the next 20 pounds in a year, but if you can't picture yourself, you know, still doing this one, two, three years from now, well, then what are you doing? It's probably not going to be something where you're going to want to devote that time and energy to it. And so you need to be able to kind of rethink that and go, okay, maybe, you know, yeah, this, this one isn't for me. I'm not willing to fail or I'm not willing to get back up after I fail, you know, what are those avenues that I am going to be able to do that in? And and to your point, understand that you will grow, you will change, circumstances will change. Uh, It's hard to imagine now, you know, that I'm in my fifties when you're 20, 30, 40, looking forward, you know, you're looking at with that, a 20 or 30 year old mind with that 20 or 30 year old experience. So you think you can plan your whole life out and this is what I want. And then once you get there, it's like, it's not at all what I want. And that's okay. Uh, you know, we're talking about having any kind of a, of a raging self-discipline to accomplish one thing. And I'm going to, I'm going to bring up something that I, that we've talked about before, which was a, you know, the, the leading, the world's leading ADD, ADHD expert. He talks very much about how we have to externalize and make time real. So again, we conceptually, you know, in an abstract way, say, okay, here's what I'm going to achieve. We may even have these goals and so forth, but what are you going to do today? Like on your calendar, your electronic calendar, do you have perhaps, let's, you know, talk about meals, workouts, things like that. You know, all those goals, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to run at this time. You have this mapped out, you know, where you can physically see it. Do you have a notebook? Do you have something? He, he's, he, he talks a lot being a, a I believe, a psychiatrist uh, about just the, the neurobiology of, of motivation and, and getting things done. And I just, I absolutely love that because it goes back to single-mindedness. If you can't see it in front of you, it will not happen. It, the yeah. likelihood of it just drops immensely. Yeah, that, <laughs> yeah. And that's something that I've been working on a lot with, with clients and, and, you know, how do we establish consistency, right? Like how, you know, how do I establish consistency with my workouts, with my meals, with hitting my macros, you know, this and that. And it's, it's, it's beginning with the discipline of just being able to write it down on your calendar. Like that's where it starts for a lot of people that they don't even have a really a calendar. They, we kind of just fly by the seat of our pants every single day. There's, 
you know, there's a rough outline, you know, kids got school, you know, kids has this, I mean, I've got a haircut on Thursday, you know, we, we kind of have this loose schedule, but for a lot of the rest of the day, it's kind of, you know, flows and we kind of just go with it and we don't really plan for anything. And so, you know, if we're coming back to this idea of single mindedness with my fitness and I want to lose 25, 30, 40, 45 pounds. Yeah. And like you said, if you don't have it in front of you, if your workouts aren't scheduled every single week, if your you know, meals aren't planned out, if your food isn't prepped, not saying you can't have some flexibility. I think you've used the term structured flexibility is, you know, 80%. We want to kind of have this overall structure for our, for our lives and for our goals, but obviously we can't control everything. We need to be flexible with it. So some days we are going to have to do that, but that has to be that starting point. If you're going to have that intensity and that discipline, it's, it's gotta be on the schedule and it's gotta be one of like your non-negotiables. It's no, I'm hitting my workout no matter what, because guess what? Once it's on your schedule, you are, it's almost good. It's going to force you to create that time for it. How many times have you personally said, Tyler, or have you heard other people say, I work better under pressure? Is that, oh, yeah. is that, is that common? Yeah. 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 I, I, I always follow my macros closer when I'm dieting. So every time you hear that, I want you to think you're a weak piece of shit. I'll think that, yes. Because, I mean, okay, facetiously, of course. <laughs> yeah, no, tongue in but, cheek, yeah. But we all work better under pressure because we are truly undisciplined. And that's a symptom of being undisciplined. If I have to have that deadline, it's because I'm not ordering myself with enough discipline or seriousness as, as the person I referenced, the researcher, um, you know, discussed, you're not externalizing time into reality. You know, biologically, neurologically, you, you have to do things in a sequence. You can't rush that. If you're going to, again, I'll use academics. You can't study for an entire semester final exam in, in two hours. You, you need those reps over time. Yeah. So that's, that's what I mean also by kind of my fifth point which is there has to be stakes. Uh, in fiction writing, there's always a ticking clock. There's always something to lose. It's an existential threat. You're not even interested in that story unless there's something so, so, so at stake that somebody's world is going to end if they don't meet that thing, yeah. that goal, that they don't have that character transformation. And if you don't believe that, about a goal that you have such desire to accomplish, then it's just not going to be accomplished. It's not. You, you have to feel that. We know that your brain cannot tell the difference between reality and what you think. That's why anxiety and depression even exist, because we get anxious and depressed over things that haven't even happened. We're just imagining that, yeah. and our brain freaks out, You know, releases cortisol and so forth. You have to be good at imposing that level of intensity to be so single-minded that you're willing to use external techniques to build intrinsic motivation. You're willing to externalize your time and schedule because those stakes mean everything. Going back to when I was in school and I wanted to do this, you know, I came from a pretty poor family. You know, we, you know, we had zero money. I mean, I grew up eating government cheese and you know, we didn't go to town sometimes because there was no gas in the car. And, you know, at a very young age, I'm like, I'm not doing this. This, yeah. this is not the life I'm going to lead. And so what was my way out? 
It was opportunity. How do you build opportunity? You, you get a good career. How do you get a good career? Education. Look at my academic background. Why was I so white hot to pursue academics? Because those were my stakes. That was my reality. If you don't feel that way about what you want most, somebody else does. Somebody else wants it more. You're not going to get it. Yeah, I've always, I've always loved, I'm probably going to butcher it a little bit, but uh, Ryan Doris is saying of don't try and fake passion because someone will come around who actually has true passion and, you know, just fuck you up. Like they will run you over. You cannot fake passion. Um, no matter how much you try and discipline yourself, it's just, it just isn't going to happen because at the end of the day, you, you, you're going to have to have passion for something. And, and that ultimately is what is going to drive you on those days that, you don't feel like doing it because those days are never going to go away and, and they're always going to be there. And so you have to be able to find, yeah, that intrinsic motivation on those days to, to, to not have, you know, really any big drop off in the, in the type of work that you're in the, in that you're doing. And, I, you know, I kind of want to come back to you also, you know, building that intrinsic motivation and, and discipline. And it, you know, it does come from just, doing the reps. Like it, it, it truly, truly does. And it sounds boring and it sounds easy, but if it was easy, everyone would do it and we'd all be amazing at things. And so it, it, it sometimes you just have to remind yourself, Hey, I just got to go in today and I just got to put in the reps, like just let, let's go, let's go do it. And that's still going to probably move me forward. It may not be my best day, but the reps still got done and I'm still at maintenance and you can continue to build off maintenance. Well, that's, that's what I wanted to end with, because I can imagine some people thinking like, damn, like, I, I don't feel that. Like, I wish I could do that. I can get myself to that point, And then I don't do those things. And I want to say, even though I mentioned this is not for everybody, not everybody wants to be the next Michael Jordan or the top of your career or whatever. But I do think, and I sincerely believe this no matter what your temperament, no matter what your character traits, your personality type, I do think everybody does want something. You mentioned this, Tyler, to be passionate about. And if, if you just think about one thing, it could be so simple. Like maybe it's just to read one book. I'm going to read a book. Well, I'm tired at night. Well, just read a fucking chapter anyway. Just get it done. Read one chapter a night. That's your goal. If you can accomplish one thing, Talk about those reps, talk about building that intrinsic ability, and then the confidence that the skill transference, like it's, it's real. I mean, this is neurochemical wiring, um, you know, just the receptors, the neurotransmitters, all of these things change. And I know we like to just think it's psychological, it's, it's our will, it's our mind outside of that. But when you see with fMRI, what really happens to your brain when you do that you would understand why the concept of doing reps and, and just the repetition and the, the strengthening, why that's so critical for your brain. Once you do that to your brain, it's a night and day difference. And, and with one goal accomplished, you can go for a bigger goal. I promise that happens. Yeah, because the process just starts to become automated and it becomes second nature. And now it's something that 
you know, you don't have to necessarily even think about anymore. You just do it. And, and it just, it, it just kind of becomes that way over time. Like, you know, you kind of become back to the beginning of the conversation, you know, how it was kind of elite athletes that kind of sparked this conversation. And you take a look at all of these skills, whether you're shooting a free throw or, uh, you know, stick handling a puck, you know, whatever, you know, these skills that we are like, oh my goodness, they're, they're amazing. They're so second nature because these players have spent umpteenth hours just doing those very basic skills so that they can shuffle them back to the back of the brain. It's an automated process. And then now that frees up other areas for them to now accomplish that next net, that next task. Yep. We are not a hundred percent disciplined about a hundred percent of our things. A hundred percent of the time you have to pick and choose. You have to know what you're going for. You have to craft your life around that and pay the price. So Tyler, again, I appreciate you. You want to do this topic. I think it's amazing. Uh, again, we've never hit it quite this directly and uh, that's, that's discipline. I think in at least one good swipe. So uh, once again, for everybody who watches and listens to the Mind Muscle Connection, we thank you. We look forward to your comments and we'll see you next time.